you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, I am going to begin with verse number 9 in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Has the Lord been good to anybody this week? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, but as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which the Lord hath prepared for them that love him. The things which God hath prepared. I want to preach into your hearing this morning for just a little while on this subject. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Would you ask him to reveal that to you with lifted hands all over the room right now? Father, we come into your house seeking you. God, unfold that plan in our lives. Make it, make it clear to us, oh God. Let us be moved by your word and by your spirit. Let us see, God, let us hear from heaven this morning and let us see what you are wanting to fulfill in our lives. We honor you and thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God has a plan for you. And you can be seated. God bless you. I love it when people participate. It's a struggle when people don't participate. By the way, great youth rally Friday night. Thank you to those who made it a priority to be here. Brother Nichols preached a powerful, powerful word. And if you needed encouragement, it was here on Friday night. And I just want to say thank you to those of you that listened to the call of your pastor and make it a priority to be here, that step up, that respond when you're asked. You respond to... um, the call of leadership. I appreciate that so very much. And in preaching, preaching is not one-sided. Preaching should never be monologue, but preaching is dialogue. The Word of God comes forth and we affirm it with agreement. And when we affirm with agreement, that is speaking that we are receiving the Word of God. And so you preach with 
the preacher. I need somebody to preach with the preacher this morning. I need a good, strong affirmation this morning. Has God been good to anybody in this house? Has God blessed you this week? Amen, amen. Whether you realize it or not, God has a plan for every one of you. You don't ever age out of God's plan. God's plan is designed and directed for every, each and every individual life. God's plan is perfect in its way. When we don't understand what God is doing, when we don't understand God's plan is still unfolding in our life. God has a way of perfecting his plan. As we are progressing through life, um, we constantly are dealing with changes that are happening and transpiring in our lives. Brother Corey, I may have a mic behind me on that is feeding back and I'm hearing my voice echo through a moment or two after I say a word. It's like being on a cell phone. You ever get on a cell phone talking to somebody? You say something and you hear it say it back to you? Try preaching like that. We have a new soundboard and we're finding their way through it and learning their way through it so we have a few obstacles and uh, I think we have gremlins that come in here and get a hold of this thing through the week. Don't anybody go repeat that. I forget I'm live on the web. People are going to say, what's this pastor talking about? I was only kidding. By the way, don't anybody crucify me. We're already calling a vote for next Tuesday. Lord have mercy. Just because we change or we walk away from God's plan doesn't mean that God's plan has changed. God has a way of taking what we God has a way of taking our mistakes and he corrects them by changing what the enemy would use against us and finding a way to turn it for our good. Just because we fail. Thank you, Brother Corey. That was the right button right there. Just because we make mistakes and we walk away from God's plan doesn't mean that we annihilated God's plan and God's purpose for our life. It means that God in his creativity is able to rework and replace our feet. He maketh our feet like hind's feet, the Bible says. The steps of a good man are what? Are ordered of the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. Besides God's plan in your life, everything else in life is temporal. The only thing that is stable in your life is God has a plan. And the plan is to get us from where we are to where he wants to take us to. We were blessed this week to be able to take a little trip. Had all three of my sons and daughter-in-laws together. And
and we were able to go to Washington, D.C. for two and a half days. And it was a busy two and a half days. 1 a.m. morning, 4 a.m. morning, and a 5 a.m. morning. All starting about 7 or 8, 9 o'clock every morning. On the way home from D.C., I was driving and Gentry was navigating. Bad mix. Because as I was on I-70, knowing that I-70 is a straight shot all the way, once you come up from Maryland, get up on I-70, it is a straight shot all the way through Pennsylvania, Ohio, and into Indiana. I know where I am when I get on I-70. I came right through Zanesville. Didn't even call. What a relative I am. Of course, we could have called about 4 a.m., and you wouldn't have appreciated that. Good to have the Melix with us from Zanesville. Glad to have you with us today. We got out on the road. We were on I-70. I was kicked back. I was running somewhere slightly above the speed limit. Cruise was set, and Gentry said, take this exit, take this exit. And I said, I'm supposed to stay on I-70. And he said, Dad, take the exit. So I hit my turn signal and onto the exit I went. A few minutes later, I found myself on some rather curvy and hilly roads. And they continued to get worse. And then the signs started saying, extremely dangerous road ahead. Speed limits for semis were 10 miles per hour. down some of these incredibly steep hills, probably some of the steepest hills that I've ever been on. I think we were in southern Pennsylvania. And finally, I just kind of said, Jen, where is 70? And he said, this is a shortcut. It's nighttime. It was foggy. I'm driving. Enough said. The shortcut took us a little longer than we anticipated. Well, this was the second time on the trip this happened. We left D.C. to go up near Lancaster to Sight and Sound to watch the dramatic presentation of David. On the way there, we were running really tight on time. And so I was passing most cars on the road. And Spencer was somewhere behind me. And I knew there was a problem because there was no way that anybody could drive any more swiftly than I was driving. And Gentry once again was navigating and he said, turn here, turn here, turn here. Well, I had never been there, and I did not map quest my path, so I didn't know where I was. So off the road I went, and the next thing I know, I have found myself through Amish country, some of the worst roads, steepest hills, sharpest curves, 30 miles an hour. I'm in a hurry. 
and then only from the back seat do I hear, you know, if they get pulled over right now, we would all go to jail. Thank you, Dylan, for announcing. And I said, there is no way that sight and sound is anywhere close to us. And the GPS is saying four miles. And I said, we're in Amish country. They don't even have electricity here. How is there going to be a sight and sound? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pop, there's sight and sound. We made it. We get out of the car, run in. I'm thinking we are at least 20 or 30 minutes ahead of Spencer only to run to our seats and in walked Spencer casually. I said, how in the world did you get here? Because I know how hard I drove on the back roads. He said, back roads? I said, yeah, all through Amish country. We haven't seen Amish country. I said, how did you get here? He said, on the interstate. Although we may not have taken the best route, we still, by GPS coordinates, were able to end up at the right location. This is how God works in your life. You make bad decisions and poor choices and get yourself on some roads that can lead to your destruction. But because God's plan in your life is perfect, Every time you make a mistake, God adjusts your path. And he says, I'm having a difficult time because he's acting like a knucklehead over here, but I'm going to adjust the path to try to get him to the location and to fulfill the plan that I have in his life. Because God's plan is an eternal plan. Trouble, struggles, tests, trials, pain, sickness, all of these things that happen in life may derail and change our plans. My family and I, my wife and I have just gone through two years of unplanned uh, stage of life. We, we, we never planned out. We didn't have a mapped out plan for what the last two years has taken us through. But God knew all along what surprised us never surprised God. And when we got out the other side of it and looked back, we recognized all the while it wasn't what we had planned, but God took every bad report and turned it for good because he had a testimony at the end of the road to say, look what God has done in my life. Because God's plan is always working for your good. Don't ever think God's working against you. Let me help you with this just a little bit. Those of you who run into moments of thinking, 
I don't know what I'm doing wrong and, and I don't understand why God is working against me. What you have to understand is, is the choices that you are making may be in, in opposition to God's perfect plan and will for your life. But God is trying to get you to the ultimate place because your eye has never seen and your ear has never heard of the things that God has prepared for you. I know this may be talking about our eternal home, but can I tell you, you that God has some things that he wants to do in your life some blessings in your life some ministry to fulfill in your life and you've never seen it and your ears have never heard it and you think God's working against you but he's working everything for your good to get you to where he wants you to be Somebody ought to give God a hand clap of praise and thanksgiving right now that he hasn't quit on you. He's working it for your good. The question has been raised many times. Why does God allow the devil to buffet us through afflictions? First of all, I believe that Satan allow, that God allows Satan to buffet us because God has confidence in us, much like Job, that we will not fail him because of the afflictions of this life. It is the trial of our faith. Anybody have trials? I've never understood the reason why that we allow temporal things in life to rob us of our joy and our peace and our contentment. But I rise to remind you today that some trials are brought into our life compliments of God himself. Because without the trial that God has designed for your life, you're never going to get to where God is trying to get you to. Did you ever notice that the Bible said that of the children of Israel, God suffered them to hunger. I struggled with that for a while. God suffered them to hunger. That means that God let them get hungry. He let them get thirsty. He let them get in tight places. And times of distress and times of discomfort were ordered of the Lord. But God has a plan far beyond their plan. They didn't understand God's plan. And they were trying to do it their way. And they too felt like, I don't understand why God's working against this plan that I have in my life. You know, I've got this plan that my kids are going to grow up and they're going to go to college and they're going to get degrees and they're going to go get jobs. And, and all of a sudden it seems like everything in life gets put off. And we're wondering, God, are you working against me? Do you not hear my prayer? God, do you not know what I'm going through? Listen, God knows what you're going through. Am I talking to anybody in this house today that sometimes gets yourselves in trouble? God will let you get hungry. He will let you get in a place with your back against the wall. He will let you stand before the Red Sea 
with the Egyptian army closing in behind you. He will let you go through the fiery furnace, but he'll go through it with you. He'll let you spend the night in a hungry den of lions, but he's not going to let the, the lions consume you. He'll put them on a Daniel's fast. He will let us wait before he fulfills his promise that he has given us. Why does God allow this? Why doesn't he just speak the word? Why doesn't he just let us take the detour, the bypass, to not have to go through the things that we go through because in everything we go through, we come out with a lesson. We come out with a better understanding. And I believe God does it so that he can prove us and prove our faith by putting our faith to the test and reveal to us what is in our hearts. But the good news is that it is only temporal. The word temporal means just for a while. It's not eternal. It's seasonal. You ever see the sign that just says seasonal? That means that you, you already know what that means. It, they're not going to be here long. You see the sale. It's the seasonal sale. And so my wife has to run and get there before the season changes. Because she needs to buy in that seasonal sale because she knows it comes to an end. It's temporary. It only lasts for a space of time. The issue is, is when we are going through it, it seems like it's lasting a lifetime. When we're going through it, it seems like there's no end to it. It seems like this is where anybody in this house, am I just preaching to me this morning? Anybody in this house know what I'm talking about? When you get in a season that it feels like you're never going to get through the season, you, you hear pastors saying you're going to pass the test, but you, you can't even, you don't even know if there is a test because you've been in it for so long. You have become so acquainted with it that it has become part of your identity, part of who you are, part of what you were going through. I saw Brother Mark Melick here this morning and he suffered from some issues with his with his back and, and his spine. I know, Brother Melick, what you're going through. I walked down that road for 19 years. I ruptured disc in my back going to doctor after doctor and they all saying the same thing, just lose some weight. And then they would tell me, you need to exercise. And I tried everything. Finally, a doctor ran an MRI and says, we don't even know how you're walking. You have to have surgery. I said, well, I've already heard that before. He said, well, we're going to do it next week. And in they took me and did surgery. And then there was about a year and a half recovery from it. And I thought, this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. Little would I know that I would wake up one morning and realize I'm not in pain anymore. I don't know the day that I stopped being in pain because I got so used to the pain that I didn't know what it was like to live without pain. I had to learn how to live without pain. Last Sunday night, when the service broke loose, and if you missed last Sunday night, mm -mm -mm, we had old-fashioned Sunday night church in this house. 
I thought I was the only one to this week. My sweet little daughter-in-law, Kayla, said, Swagro, my feet and my legs, my whole body sore from dancing and shouting on Sunday night. I'm telling you, Sunday night I was worshiping as I normally did and I was a little concerned. Here's why. Because I haven't been so far beyond it that I forget that if I do that, I'm going to be down for several days. Sunday night I begin to worship God. I begin to dance. I begin to jump. I begin to run. I begin to leap in the presence of God and I worshiped and I worshiped and I worshiped and I got up on Monday and I was fine and I realized I don't know any longer have an excuse that I can't dance before the Lord. That I, But see, I, had, I have to relearn because I've lived for years with something that has become part of who I am. I have to learn to forget the pain. Some of you have gone through some things so long that you forget that God has a plan that is on the other side of what you are dealing with today. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house speaking to somebody. You need to get it in your mind. Don't let the spirit of infirmity get in the middle of your sickness. The spirit of infirmity will take you further down. Somebody needs to rebuke it and cast it out today. Somebody needs to say the pain that I've been dealing with, it's gone. The torment of my mind mind and my spirit I am putting it out of my life I am not going to allow it to get in my spirit we preach against fear and somebody says well I become afraid so must be something wrong with me we're all we all deal with with fear anybody in here never deal with fear anybody in here never deal with pain we all go through it. The issue is, is you can't let it get in your spirit. You can't let it become part of who you are. Because if you do, you'll forget that God has something greater in store for you on the other side. There is a lesson in what you are going through. And your mind cannot perceive. You cannot comprehend it because the things that God has for you is greater than anything than your mind can possibly comprehend. So the pain, the situation is only temporal. Remember, God said, I'm going to let them go through this for a season to do the good at thy latter end. I mean, the Lord is clearly speaking to the church that what we are going through is to do us good in the latter end. I, I just want to remind somebody today that your troubles won't last always. The storm won't last always. That emotional battle that you feel like you've been going through and start feeling like it's eternal, it won't last always. That financial struggle that you're in right now, if you're faithful to God, I'm going to tell you, David spoke it, and I'm going to tell you that you are not going to always go through what you're going through if you will be obedient to the Word of God. That sickness in your body is not eternal. That job that makes you miserable is not eternal. That pain of betrayal and deception 
that sets you back every time you have a thought of it is not eternal. But what God has in store for you, the plan that God has for you is an eternal plan. It's to take you to a place that your eye has not seen and your ear has not heard. It's a plane of no, a place of no pain and no sickness and no sorrow where Jesus is going to be the light. Is there anybody in this house this morning that can get your eye off of the here and now and get your eye on that eternal place of glory where the temporal things that are weighting you down are going to be put behind you? Whether or not he delivers me in this life, I do not know, but I know this much. The sickness isn't going there with me. The pain isn't going there with me. The emotional struggle isn't going there with me. The fear isn't going there with me. What I'm going through isn't going there with me because God has a place that my mind has a hard time even perceiving. He has a place of peace and safety and rest and Jesus is going to be the light thereof. Oh, somebody ought to give God a shout of praise this morning. It's only temporary. You may be crying about it today, but you're going to be over it tomorrow. You may be in the pain today, but healing is on the way. Healing is on the way. Got to hurry this morning. Just because we have a little problem at the house doesn't mean that we tear out all the electrical because a light bulb goes out. Just because the toilet stops up and gives you misery doesn't mean you go tear out all the plumbing in the house. We may not like the trouble that we're going through but you don't stop serving God just because you go through trouble. Because it rains on the just and the unjust. It's just temporary. It's just a problem. I, I remember when I was running my construction company, I had a specific lady. Her husband called me, rushing me to get to their house. He had a horrific problem in his basement. His wife was threatening to leave him. It was a really bad situation. I got there. I put him ahead of everybody else to get there. This guy was frantic. I get to their house thinking that the house must be about to fall in. I walked in. They took me down a nice finished stairway into a nice finished basement to the corner of a room where they had peeled back the carpet. And there was a little damp spot on the floor in the corner of the basement. And the wife's standing there sobbing. My life's over. And I thought, I gave up my Saturday to come here because of the frantic phone call that I got that your house is about to fall apart over a little damp corner in your basement. So I said, sure. We can get it taken care of. I can get to you, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Oh, this can't be. Life can't go on like this. I moved heaven and earth. Went over. 
took care of their problem. In the process of it, they had a little landscape light outside. And someone working for me happened to just drive about two feet over to the side of where they should be and backed over the landscape light. And I got a letter in the mail from an attorney with him trying to sue me over breaking their landscape light. And I recognized every little thing in their life must be a major problem. They're willing to sue somebody over a $10 landscape light from Walmart. Listen, I just went and bought them a whole new box of landscape lights. Offered to install it for them. Because the cost of those landscape lights was very small in comparison to my peace of mind. And I was hoping that I might be able to teach them a little lesson. That little things in life, every little thing that happens in life is not a state of emergency. I, I jokingly around my house, every time my wife, now I'm going to offend some of you right now. I'm doing this in good humor, all right? Am I all right, or should I just avoid this whole segment right here? Around my house, every time somebody coughs, I said, you must have COVID. My wife woke up in the morning and said, my throat's a little sore. I said, COVID, stay on your side. Rude. It's just a little joke around the house because nobody gets anything else anymore. You see how we're programmed? I'm not, I'm not denying it. The Apostle Paul spoke in tongues more than you all. I had COVID. I was sicker than most of you, at least in my mind. I'm not making light of COVID. I'm making light of our mentality. Little things happen in life. We think our life is over. We think God is destroying us because he didn't answer just when I asked. These things are temporal. These things are not eternal. Come on, somebody. You need to get your eye on the prize and understand in this life, it's a few days and full of trouble. It's going to be met with obstacles and hardships and struggles, but this is just life. Come on, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say, come on, I got my eye on the prize. This world is not my home, but I have a home in glory land. The wilderness was not designed to be a fun place for the children of Israel. It wasn't supposed to be comfortable and enjoyable. The wilderness was supposed to be a difficult place an undesirable place, a place that was hot during the day and cold at night. The ground was supposed to be hard and they were supposed to get hungry and thirsty. Why, pastor? Why did they have to go through all of those things? It's very clear in the scripture. They needed to get to a point to where they didn't know what they were going to do and they had to rely on their God to provide them what they needed. Every morning came the manna. Every
every day came water that flowed from the rock. God had to prove to them, you will never be smart enough, wise enough, good looking enough, connected enough to make it on your own. You need a God that is working for you because the things that your eye has seen and your mind has imagined and your ear has heard and everything that your heart has put together is not God's plan but God has a plan that is greater than you can comprehend. you got to depend on him. You've got to trust him. You've got to know that you've got to walk with him every day. I must have Jesus. The problem is we adjust. We adjust and we become satisfied with just enough gas in the car. Just enough to pay the bills. Just enough food on the table. Just enough to get by. But God's plan for your life is for you to walk in an abundant life. I'm not just talking about finances this morning. I'm talking about in every aspect of your life. It's not God's plan for you to just get by. He wants you to have life and have more abundant life. He wants you to live but have joy. Not that is of this world, but a joy that no tongue can tell. You see, when you've got that kind of joy, you can stand at the head of a coffin when a loved one has passed away and say, my hope is not in the here and now, but my hope is an eternal hope. What I have here doesn't matter. My house may not be as nice as somebody else's. My car may have more miles on it than somebody else's, but my hope is not in the here and now. I recognize God's plan is greater than yours. Just because the world is changing all around you, doesn't mean that God's plan has changed for your life because God's plan is perfect. It is eternal. It is imperishable. God's plan will be fulfilled in your life if you will submit to his plan. I I, I just feel the spirit of the Lord speaking to somebody today, calling us. You may feel like you're out of step with everybody else. I would rather be out of step with my family and in step with God. I would rather be out of step with everybody around me, but I want to walk in unison with God. Don't get satisfied with the things of this world. Don't look for your fulfillment in the things of this world. God has something prepared for you. You need to step into the flow of what God is doing. Don't forget what you're facing today is only temporary. The promise of God is still being fulfilled and perfected in your life. He has a plan that is greater, but you're going to have to step into his plan. You can't keep going your way and it turn out God's way. You've got to walk God's way if it's going to turn out according to God's plan. So I'm calling you as I'm closing this morning. I'm calling everybody to examine your heart. Are you in step with God's plan? Or are you strategically following your own way? Is it your plan and your will and what you want to see done? Is that the most important thing in your life? Or are you in step with God's divine plan? 
God has a purpose and a plan that is greater than anything you can possibly imagine. But you've got to get in step with what God is wanting to do in your life. What does that mean, Pastor? That means you're going to have to forget all the things that are behind you and all the things that are around you and understand I can't make it on my own. This life is overwhelming me. My job overwhelms me. My world is overwhelming me. I want to tell you today the best thing you could do is repent. Repent of every sin. Repent of every time you've ever walked your own way knowing that God had a better plan for you. The best thing you could do this morning is just repent and say, God, I'm having a change of heart and mind today. God, I'm not walking my way any longer. I'm walking your way. I'm determined, God, that I'm going to walk the path that you have. Lord, what I had planned for my future, I recognize this morning that your plan for my future is greater, and I want to follow your path. Why don't you stand with me in the house this morning? I don't know if anybody in the house this morning came prepared and ready, but God's plan is ready for you. His arms are outstretched, his hands are outstretched, and he's calling you today. If you would submit to his will today, I'm inviting you to walk to the front of this room and just say, God, I'm coming today. I'm submitting my temporary plans, my earthly plans to your heavenly plans. God, I thought I could trust in my own knowledge in my own way, but your word is declaring, Lord, that my vision is too small, that my plans are too small because my mind can't even conceive what you have prepared for me. Lord, my, my mind is focused on what I have here in this life. God, you have something greater. Come on, I invite you this morning. Join us here. If you've never repented of your sins, you ought to ask God, Lord, forgive me. Everybody in this house ought to be repenting for walking our own way. If you've never been baptized, we have water and roads ready. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name this morning sins of your past can be remitted, be removed. You'll rise to live in newness of life, a new hope, a new way. He'll fill you with the baptism of his spirit. He'll flood your soul. Come on, seek his plan in your life. Seek his plan in your life this morning.
I'm gonna wait on you, Lord. Find 